right, welcome back, listeners. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Um, another great guest today. I'm so excited for you to get to know Jackie Culley. Uh, she is uh, a, a, an amazing woman who's doing some amazing things because not be necessarily, you know, because of these great gigantic things she's doing. It's more because of what she's been through and how she's handled it. Um, she has a blog called uh, SheEmbracedAdversity.com. Uh, she's an amazing writer. Uh, you'll know right away when you read one of her blog posts how amazing she is at describing what's going on in her life. And uh, she's a mom. Uh, she's a fitness instructor. Is that correct? Yes. I yeah. teach fitness, uh, cycling, weights, yoga. Yeah. And you, and you did some contest a while ago, I, I think. Did. Yeah, which was amazing. <laughs> and I remember, you won't remember me, but when I was at the Life Center at the time. Oh, and, okay. Um, and I remember you were in, in the midst of your workouts and, and Bonnie, my wife, was oh. talking about you all the time. Like, oh, because she was going to all your classes at oh, that nice. time. Oh, nice. That's right. Yeah. And anyway, so uh, so listeners, thank you for tuning in. This is going to be an amazing uh, uh, belief cast today because Jackie has some very power, powerful belief systems about herself and her world and the way she carries herself. And it's been fine-tuned because of the difficult uh, yet at you know difficult times that you had been through, but yet it's been a blessing. Yes, you know I on so believe. many levels. So welcome, Jackie. Welcome, thank you, thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely, happy to be so, here. Yeah. Um, so why don't you you know give our listeners a little background, like a little bit about you, where you grew up, a little bit about your family, and then we'll kind of get into some of the heavier things. Okay. Uh, so I just grew up here in the valley. I went to Taylorsville High School, which is where I met my husband. And we have lived in South Jordan pretty much our whole life. I okay. still am feeling like I do not want to be a Utah <laughs> liver or whatever. I don't want to stay here my whole life. Right. I'm convinced that I need to live in some other state to get the full <laughs> life experience, but I'm not sure where that would be. So, right. yeah, I um, went to school for interior design after high school a little bit. I, I got married at the age of 18. Okay. Uh, I started dating my husband when I was 15. Would not recommend doing that whole deal, but. Uh, <laughs> so you've known him a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Makes me seem really old that I've been married for almost 29 years. Right. But we'll just not do the math there. <laughs> uh, and then I've got three children. Um, my youngest just left home. He's going to serve a mission. So he's at the MTC right now. My oldest is married and lives in Logan. And then my middle child is living at home for a minute while he does some stuff. Right. But yeah, my husband's an electrical engineer. Right. Did you have uh, brothers and sisters growing up? Yeah. So I'm from a, a family of eight children. Oh, really? Okay. I'm Where do you fall in line? Seven. Number seven. A lucky number seven. <laughs> um, we're really spread out. My oldest brother is 21 years older than my youngest sister. Okay. So I don't really, I did not grow up in the same home with my oldest five siblings. Okay. Um, yeah, I've heard typically yeah. when, when there's that big of an age gap, they're almost like an aunt and an uncle to That's you. That's exactly what it feels right? like. Yeah. yeah. I love them all. We're, sure. We all live here in the Valley except for a sister in Ogden and a brother in Denver, but uh, we're not super close, but I, I love each of my siblings and I think they're right. all awesome. So. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so, you know, tip. I know you own your own company, right? It's a it's yeah. a design company. Jackie Cully Design. Yeah. Right. I started that in 2012. I, um, 
I did interior design early on, but I did not like working retail. And so I decided to stop doing that. And I did just some jobs I could do while I raised my kids. One of those included group fitness. And okay. so I started teaching actually when my youngest child was born. Just kind of, okay. I've always really loved to scare myself every day, <laughs> <laughs> put myself out there and yeah. uh, try to accomplish things that I never thought I could. And so I've never had great self-esteem and me teaching aerobics, putting myself in front of people was something that scared the crap out of me. And, <laughs> um, right, yeah. but it was yeah. a great thing to do while I raised my, my children. Um, but eventually, uh, I started to realize my body was going to fail me at some point. And so I decided I needed to have something I could do even when I was old. And right. so in 2012, I opened up the design business and it, because I know so many people and yeah. have sold furniture uh, for 20 years because my dad and brothers are manufacturer reps. Gotcha. Um, it took right off and it's done great and I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, let's go back to your childhood. I know you've been through some really difficult times and, you know, we talked beforehand that you were okay, you know, kind of expressing what happened. Yeah. And explaining that, do you mind sharing with our listeners that? Sure, portion? I will share that. I, yeah. I don't have a filter. I'm I'm an open book, and sometimes to a fault. <laughs> so I hope I don't say anything that freaks people out. Oh but, no, you're good. Okay, so when I was about four, I was sexually abused by a neighbor person. Like I, there were three little girls that lived in the three houses on my street, and we all played. And one of the brothers, the oldest brothers, and to a couple of them um, abused all of us and it happened several times and um, I didn't ever tell anybody because of course they told us not to because right. we would get in trouble so we just didn't and I went all through my teenage years and even until I got married at the age of 18 without talking about it or telling anyone but just really feeling dirty and less than and broken and like I didn't fit in like something was wrong with me and um like I wasn't worth anything and right consequently I didn't ever make good relationships and have really close friends I I was blessed with the ability to interact and engage with a lot of people so I had a lot of friends but right not a particular group of friends that I followed right. and, so and how long did you say this lasted for I was it probably only a year or maybe that I was okay. that that went on but I didn't ever realize the impact of what it caused me I um, didn't ever like I said tell anyone about it until I was 21 years old and at that time I was in an argument with my mom and it came mm. out because I was upset and I and I said well mom, why don't you try being sexually abused when you're a kid and see how that feels or whatever. Right. And I left the house. And then, you know, back then, people from that era, it was just cliche to talk about that stuff. They did. And so my mom never asked me about it. She never asked me what really? happened. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And, and how tough that is as a kid to hold that secret in Yeah. for, for years. So how did that affect you? Talk about that because I can imagine how lonely that would feel, I would imagine. Yeah, I really honestly grew up wondering why everyone around me got it and I didn't get it. 
I, I really felt like, I mean, I was raised in Utah, so I was raised in an LDS home mm-hmm. and I went to church, but I, I didn't, I could never buy into the fact that God really existed or that any of the, the doctrine of that religion was true right? because, um, I, I realize now that the abuse that I suffered, um, caused me not to trust anyone. Yeah. And it also, when you're abused at a young age, it causes you to, um, not, you, you have issues with authority. You don't like people telling you what to do because you were forced to do something you didn't want to do at a young age. Yeah. And so when you don't trust anyone, trust is very similar to faith. And so anyone who would try to teach me something that I couldn't see with my eyes, of course, I didn't believe them. And also when you're abused at a young age, you disassociate from your body. And so yeah. you live in your head and you uh, are unable to feel truth in your body or to trust yourself. Yeah. And so it's just a very <laughs> confusing place to yeah. be. Yeah. And, and I know I'm jumping way ahead here and we'll just go there for a second. It, it explains all the more... Uh, how hard it was for you to do that fitness con uh, competition. Yes. Because I mean, talk about being vulnerable, right? You're probably in a bikini and yeah. Right. Yes. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) the fitness competition, um, yeah, I was 35 and I had taught group fitness for five years. And, um, I, when I was, when I grew up, I was chubby. I was probably like 168 pounds when I was in the eighth grade. So I got called names and stuff. And so for me to, to go on stage in a bikini, <laughs> well, I, I, first of all, I thought I'm not, I can't do that without t- drinking some tequila first, but <laughs> right. I was trying not to I do that at that time. So, um, yeah, I started to follow this program called total health and fitness and I started lifting weights and my body just transformed as I started to eat more protein and do mm-hmm. less cardio. Yeah. But I, uh. I was at the gym one day and a woman came up to me and she said, are you doing, are you training for a figure competition? And I was like, what's that? I don't know what you're talking about. And she told me and Uh she was the posing coach and everything. And so I started to look at it and think, well, you know, I love to challenge myself. I love to scare myself. That would definitely qualify. (laughs) And so, yeah, I trained for that. And, um, it was very, very difficult and very, very scary. Um, I, do stuff usually all or nothing. So I ate and exercised perfectly. Like I felt like I was cheating if I put peanut butter on a rice cake and really, yeah, I ate that. And so, but I got, I had watched this uh, video called the secret Mm -hmm. about, um, you know, manifesting things that you want to, to have happen. And so the day that I got onto the stage and we were behind the curtain. I was with nine women in my tall division. And just prior to walking out in front of the judges, I thought to myself, I can walk out there and look down and be insecure and, and self-conscious. Like I think we innately do. I mean, for some reason, our culture says, don't be proud of yourself. Don't, don't be big, stay small. Yeah. And so I thought I can do that or I can walk out there and, and own, this stage and I can look into the eyes of those judges and I can tell them that I'm the winner and I can believe that I'm the winner and I know what it needs to look like. I didn't, I hadn't worn a pair of high heels probably ever (laughs) in my life. 
and I don't. That's I'm right. Not, they put you in high heels. That's yeah, yeah, really high heels and lots of makeup <laughs> and lots of spray tan. And so, you yeah. know, as the journey in, in getting there was awesome because I had yeah. lots of dear friends tell me little bits of advice. And in those moments when I was walking out onto stage, I recalled, I recalled the advice like my friend Cindy from Bunko had said, you know, don't walk out and wave like a gymnast. Everyone does that. She said, put both hands in the air and wave them like you're, you just saw an old friend friend across the dock at Lake Powell, you know? Right. Okay. And so I did, and I was just enthusiastic and nobody else did that. And then I remember a woman in my fitness class, Jessica said, uh, make sure you walk slowly and look at the audience and smile and think about what you can give to the audience rather than what they're giving to you. And so I did that. And, and I just, I thought, you know, movie stars make things look a certain way and do what they need to do all the time. So this is my choice. I can, you know, take it, you know, all I, all I set out to do when I started to do that competition was not make a fool of myself on that stage. Right. But I actually ended up winning the tall division out of nine women. And then I won the master's division, which is the 35 and older. And so at the end I got called out to be in the finals and I didn't win that, but I was just, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And for like, I, it felt like I was a rock star for, for a day. And I truly thought that accomplishing something that great would give me all the self-confidence and all the self-worth right. that I needed mm-hmm. forever for the rest of my life. <laughs> right. And I got down to 7% body fat, but wow. within a week, two weeks tops after that, I mean, my body fat was right back to 15, 16%, which is much healthier. And already not liking myself, already not feeling I was good enough. Yeah. Cause you're used to, man, I'm at 7%. I worked my yeah. butt off to get there. And then it, isn't it amazing how quickly we lose it? Yeah. And it's not, <laughs> it's not real. Yeah. It's not real. It's not maintainable and it's not healthy. I have yeah. health problems still that came yeah. from right. doing that. So I wouldn't, Yeah, it's something I would recommend doing once. Right. If you want. Sure. <laughs> but it's not a solution to finding self-worth is, yeah. is what I learned. And I want to get into that. And, and that, I think that's very important. And I'm glad you said that. Um, and I know we jumped way ahead, uh, listeners, but I, let's go back. So you go through this abuse when you're younger, you hold it in, you know, until you have that argument with your mom. You, but before the argument from your mom, if I understand correctly, you met your husband at 15? Yeah. Is that we, correct? We met at a party at the age of 15 and we dated on and off until I was 18 and I graduated and then we got married when okay. I was 18. How did that, how did that abuse that you kind of go through affect relationships even early on? I mean, were, was that, were you trying to find, you know, happiness in a relationship kind of thing at the time? Do you recall? I just wanted to be loved and accepted. And my husband, Paul, was the first person, the first male who showed me love and and accepted me. And so because my self-worth and self-esteem was so poor, I honestly and truly believed that if I didn't jump on this chance to marry him, that I would never get married. Oh, really? Okay. Which I look at now, and I look at 18-year-olds now, and <laughs> I am just yeah. sickened. I mean, so not true. Such yeah. such an incorrect belief. Well, and again, in, you know, there's a reason why I call this a belief cast, because, you know, because of what you went through as a young kid going through that uh, abuse, it creates a belief system that you have about yourself and the world. And that was one of them right there. Like... Uh, if this, you know, if this guy goes away, I'm not going to find anyone else. That was a belief system. 
Yeah. So you latched on, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, hold on, right? Yeah, no matter what. So let's talk about, and we were talking about it off the air before we started here, but about that, um, what what are what is what is the belief that kind of came from that difficult situation as a child? Well, the 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 thing that saddens me the most is the the lack of information that was out there. Right. I sought help for that abuse. I I never realized or understood the effects that abuse had on me. Not even until about two years ago. I didn't understand right. what it had done. I believe it it literally changes your brain and creates different pathways in your brain. Mm-hmm. And it, it changes who you are, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know that. I sought therapy. You know, after I told my mom and I told my husband, I started to go to different therapists and I would tell them that I was abused. But it wasn't until 9-11, actually, that they really considered post-traumatic stress disorder an actual diagnosis and started to look into the effects of trauma and and how it ruins people's lives and so um i the trauma caused me to hate myself to not know that i had a higher power to not to not believe in god and if there was a god certainly not to think that he loved me that he hated me yeah because why would he allow something like this to happen yeah or Or, just that i was bad not even i mean i really i think you some people that suffer trauma fall into a place of being a victim and i didn't so much fall into a victim mode i my coping mechanisms were uh, always strength and humor and so i always and i i'm i was blessed I don't know if everyone will agree, but I feel like I was blessed with humility. I'm very raw, real, open, mm-hmm. have no problem sharing my faults. And yeah. that's what my wife would always say about you. Like <laughs> She's just so real. Yeah. You know? I don't know why, <laughs> but I, I've always wanted to be better. I've just, I don't believe there's a finish line in life. I don't, mm-hmm. I just love, I want to know what's wrong with me. I've always wondered what was wrong with me. And so I've always just just fought and clawed my way to try and be the best version of myself because I think inside of us all, when we, in those moments when we feel truth in our bodies and recognize that we are a spirit here having a physical experience, mm-hmm. we start to recognize that there's way more than what the eye can see. Right. And that there is a purpose that we're here and we have this unexplainable um, drive inside of us to find out what that purpose is. Right. And so I always have just felt like something was wrong with me. And and I wanted kind of, I guess, maybe the reason I tell people all the things wrong with me is in hopes that I'll figure out if it's normal. Mm-hmm. You know, if everyone feels this way so that I can figure it out and right. and be better and move away from that. But yeah, I pretty much, I grew up my whole entire life, even up until a couple of years ago, just really hating myself. Right. I really didn't discover my belief and knowledge of God until about five years ago. Right, yeah. And so so when you found, when you when you shifted that, I guess, a few years ago, you're saying, what was the shift? I mean, what happened? How did you go from hating yourself and thinking something's completely wrong with me to who you are right now even 
you know, which is, which is the opposite well, of that. <laughs> my story is so complicated. Yeah, I know. There's, There's so a lot going many on. things. Share um, with whatever you feel that would. Okay, so some of the things that have happened in my life that I feel like have made me who I am are number one, the abuse. Um, number two, I, my children are incredible. My oldest mm -hmm. daughter was born with a, d a bone disease. It's called, um, let's see, multiple <laughs> hereditary exostosis or HME, hereditary multiple. We can't uh -huh. find that. We can't find anywhere where she inherited it from. So really? hers was okay. just a weird mutation of cells. So she, we discovered at 18 months that she had bony lump lumps all over her body uh -huh. and they they started to s remove them when she uh hit like they wanted her to stop growing because her her bones would grow in three directions instead of two at all of her growth plates which and and this also stunts your your height growth and causes scoliosis and so okay. those lumps can grow to the size of golf balls and your tendons and ligaments get stuck on them oh wow it makes you know walking moving Painful. anything very yeah. painful and so she started having surgeries in junior high we had you know she we were at Shriners Hospital in and out all the time with her knees shoulders and all this and then eventually her hip and and all that and so I think really where my life started to turn around <laughs> if there was like a on a on off or like an escape switch an escape route that I could have pushed at the age of 40 I would go back and do that. I would, right. I would I would put my parachute on and jump out of the plane. Right. Because since I turned 40, life has just been a lot. Yeah, to you've been you've been through a lot. Yeah. I mean, so Yeah. She she graduated high school and I was still like, "Wow, what am I going to be when I grow up?" So, when <laughs> she decided to go to college, I was like, well, "I should go to college too." So, I went back to college thinking I would be a therapist. And I went for a year and a half and I, and I just, when I had to do math, I was like, eh, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah. I did that. And then I had to have a hysterectomy, my body. I had kind of abused it with all the workouts that I did. Mm -hmm. And so then I started to heal from that and I sprained my SI joint, which your SI joint is a important joint where your pelvis and uh -huh. all that. Yeah. So I couldn't even really walk. I couldn't work out, which... I always, always have based my self-worth on my appearance, my looks, okay. my body. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why I thought that, that doing that figure competition was going to fix everything. Yeah. Um, so when I couldn't work out, that was scary. And I decided I better do something else, which is when I started my design business. And then uh, my daughter had to have a, a hip surgery, so we did that. And then I had to have another reconstructive surgery because of problems that my body was having. And, and then right after that, my daughter decided to go on a mission for the LDS church and mm -hmm. she was my best friend. My husband and I have not had a great relationship. So I really leaned heavily on my daughter and her faith. She's always loved God and right. loved the savior and has really been just a rock in our home spiritually. So for her to leave our home was really scary for me yeah. being my only daughter, my oldest child. And so she had just had her hip surgery and, and she got her, put her mission call in and I wasn't really happy about it, but everyone had assured <laughs> me she would not leave the state because she has to have MRIs all the time. And, yeah. and she was currently in a wheelchair. And so when she opened her mission call and was called to Brazil, Surprise. I lost it. <laughs> oh, I bet. But, uh, so she left and went to Brazil. My life t 
continued to decline at that time. <laughs> but the the win at that time was um, I had obviously I've made a lot 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 of mistakes in my life, and my life is super colorful. I I joke because I have a favorite quote about um, life is like a box of crayons and that you should use every color. And right. I just think my life is very colorful and I have used every For color. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> but um, so I, I was teaching Sunday school at church at this time. And like I said, I really didn't have a solid knowledge that God lived, but I was hoping. Yeah. And so I, um, I, I've tried to leave the, the LDS religion multiple times. And I even, we, as our kids grew up, we've taken them to other religions because I wanted them to experience all experience of it. Experience it all, yeah. Yeah, and I've always told them, you know, this is your choice. You're, when you're 18, you you get to pick what you do. This this is a personal choice. And You know, uh, real quick on that. Okay. I, w- I want to point, I think that's really rare. Yeah, for a, so too. For parents to do what you did. Because most are like, this is what we believe and you're going to follow what we believe and, you know, kind of do it that way. Yeah. Versus you're like, you know, you did the opposite of that. Hey, let's go. I want you to check them all out. Yeah. Really cool. I mean, I think that's really rare. I think it is. And I don't, I don't know, really. I, I always wished that I wouldn't have been raised in any religion mm-hmm. with no belief system because I always wanted to discover it for myself because I felt like that's where I went wrong. I didn't want to do it because someone told me to. Right. I'm not, I can't be told what to do. Because, you know, the, the abuse piece, I finally understand why I cannot be told what to do. Exactly. And so uh, I think yeah. I wanted them to choose for themselves. Yeah, you wanted to give them the opportunity yeah. that you missed out on a yes. little bit, right? Yep. Very cool. Yeah, so as soon as um, she left, I really felt like I needed to figure out who I was. I was still just not knowing who I was. And so... I was teaching Sunday school, but I just didn't feel like I was, I'd been doing it for two years and I'd had the same group of awesome kids for like two years. They were 14 and I loved them. And I had shared all my stories and, and I wasn't doing things that would invite the spirit and allow me inspiration. And so I went into this brand new Bishop and I try to avoid bishops at all costs because (laughs) yeah, just, yeah. So, but this was a new Bishop. He didn't know anything about me. Uh And so I just said, listen, I'm not, I don't want to do this Sunday school thing anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not worthy. I don't, I don't have any inspiration right now. Just please release me. And he was the (laughs) nicest guy. And he was like, he got so emotional and, and he looked at me with the most loving eyes and he said, you just don't know who you are. And, and then he said, would you be opposed to visiting with me again sometime? And I, and I said, no, I wouldn't. I don't trust yeah. people, but I trusted him because he was so kind. Yeah. And I went back and, and he, he and I made a list of every single thing that had happened in my entire life, including the abuse, which I still was blaming myself for. Right. And I shared it all with him. And, and he again cried and he said, Heavenly Father just wants you to know that he loves you. You know, this none of this matters. This isn't who you are. Mm -hmm. This isn't who you are. And over the, over the course of our five year relationship, he just barely got released, which is super sad for me. (laughs) But, um, he brought up several times, probably a handful of times. Have you really looked at your childhood sexual abuse? Have you ever dealt with that? And I would always, I would always say, Oh yeah, I'm fine. That was so long ago. I, I'm fine. But right after I said that I went in and talked to him, Mm -hmm. um, Mallory left in December, Riley, got diagnosed my 17 year old son who was a football player at Bingham High School yeah. got diagnosed with uh, Ewing sarcoma which is a bone cancer and it was found in his left rib on his back 
and initially they told us that it <clears throat> was isolated and that they would be able to treat it with chemo and surgery so we started that process and we got in mm-hmm. to it about three months and his uh we went for his scans and they found four more tumors and the diagnosis prognosis changed to this is 70 percent curable to this is 30 percent curable because then at that point they knew it was metastatic yeah okay. and so but i have to go back because this is where my life changed yeah, please i was sitting in the car riley had this back pain that we had b- been looking at for about six months we took him finally to a urologist because we thought he had uh, kidney stones yeah. and we got blood work and a ct scan and we went to drive him back to school and the doctor called us and he said i need you to come back to the hospital and get more blood and and i and i I need you to wait there because i'm trying to get you in for a full body bone scan and so we drove back to the hospital and the doctor called me again and i was on the phone with him so i said riley you run in and get that blood work i'll be waiting here for you so i said to the doctor i'm like why are you wanting a full body bone scan that's weird and he said well there's a mass on your son's rib on his back and I said well what do you think it is and he said well it's either leukemia or bone cancer right and here I sat in my car by myself I was uh, 40 years old and your worst nightmare like unfolding I can imagine yeah and I I would anticipate I guess I think in my mind that when a parent is told that they should fall apart and burst into tears and lose it but because, okay, I got to just tell you this. <laughs> All my life, even when I was a teenager, even when I would like smoke pot or go to parties and drink and everything, yeah. I was always preaching that God lived and that the, that the LDS <laughs> church was true. Even though when I was by myself, I would argue with it. Interesting. Like there was some underlying thing that continued to drive me and pull me back to a spiritual place. Like I just, yeah. logically, it just makes no sense to me that we're here on this earth for you know the big bang theory uh-uh. i just i can't and so <laughs> i just yeah i've tried to prove the church wrong but inevitably every time i hit rock bottom i'm right back yeah. kneeling down and saying god please help me to know you're real yeah and so i was in the car at that at that moment and again i was still on this lifelong quest to know if god lived and if he loved me and i felt when i got off the phone with the doctor i sat that there and I felt that Heavenly Father was sitting next to me in my car and he said this is where you will learn of me this is where you'll gain a testimony of me pay attention and so I didn't I didn't know if my son would live or die and I didn't I'm never grateful that my son got cancer but I am grateful for what I have learned from that horrific event yeah but that is where that pivotal moment is where my life changed wow i can imagine how that's that's amazing thanks for sharing that part of that i'm so glad you did because i knew that part of your story um and i you know that's very touching and very powerful at the same time yeah it's i don't know and so we when we found that out i just I feel like Heavenly Father really has blessed me. I feel like most people maybe have one aha moment where they're like, okay, God lives. Right. He has shown me yeah. his hand in my life. Maybe. I feel like Heavenly Father shows me that almost on a daily basis. Really? 
especially during that year that my son had cancer and my daughter was on a mission. By the way, I know why my daughter got called to Brazil. This is another one of God's hands. Right. Things. She met her husband there. My daughter oh, okay. grew up being an artist and kind of a hanging out with theater kids. She she knows this, so she won't be offended. But okay. <laughs> she's like a little bit of a nerd, maybe. She's a beautiful nerd, but right. yeah, just not a jock at all, not a sporty yeah. girl. And she met this guy that's like this three sport athlete really? on her mission <laughs> and they never would have met or got together here but he saw sh she had no clue that he liked her first of all <laughs> she was just yeah. there to do her mission right yeah. and so she came home oblivious to the fact that this guy had had this epiphany that he was gonna marry her one day and so she she kind of i guess in a way played hard to get because she was oblivious and didn't fall down at his feet like the rest of the girls and so yeah she met her husband there he's from colorado and he, when he got home from his mission, um, they came, they got together and got married, but yeah. yeah. Wow. But, um, that's awesome. Forgot what I was talking about. Uh, I was talking about, <laughs> oh, we went through the year of the year of cancer, which was life changing. But one of the, one of the blessings that I was given during that time was the ability to write. I was given, I feel like I've been blessed with the ability to see parallels between life experiences and yeah. things spirit of a spiritual nature and i'm able to tie them together and i feel like because of my lack of filter and my ability to <laughs> <laughs> articulate to my feelings i'm able to write only with the help of heavenly father because i can't write when i'm not inspired right and and, and when i'm not aligned with him and you know when i numb out or check out or Mm -hmm. do things that keep me from feeling the light and the spirit i i don't have that gift but yeah so that's when i i started writing was when my son got cancer and when he finished that year of cancer that we walked away away from his treatment uh with the understanding that he had a 30 percent chance to live mm -hmm. they told us there was a 70 percent chance that his cancer would come back within two years and that it would come back into his lungs and so my son, Riley, he's incredible. He took off running, right? I mean, I swear from the hospital doors and he, he had gained some weight from the steroids and the other right. treatments. Uh -huh. And he, he's six two, a football player, big kid. Yeah. And he, uh, was about, I think three ten at the most, his highest weight. Mm. And he immediately started working out, eating healthy. And within a year's time, he also went and got a job at Nike and has just faster than you can believe moved up the chain and is now the assistant manager over there at Jordan landing. Oh, really does incredible and loves his job. And, um, but also lost a hundred pounds in less than a year and just got ripped <laughs> and he was doing great. He was going to school, paying his own way in school, uh, had moved out with his friends. And it was during that time when he moved out and my daughter had come home from her mission and gotten married and moved away. And so it was just my youngest son, Levi, at home. And Levi is also incredible. Levi, right. I got to just detour here. <laughs> From the age of eighth grade was when his his sister had surgery and left on a mission. And then his brother got cancer. So you can imagine an, as an what eighth he's grader. he's going through, yeah. Yeah. Um, he got very little attention. Mom yeah. was at the hospital all the time. Dad was at work to provide. And he, that year won an award at his school for having the most positive attitude 
Really? Yeah. When most of the parents I spoke with at the hospital, we w- would talk about their, their other kids at home, the siblings. They were always addicted to drugs or in trouble or, you know, because yeah. they're not getting any attention. They're not getting the attention, yeah. And Levi would even come home and say, Mom, people don't even know who I am. Like, they know I'm Riley's brother. They know I'm Mallory's brother. And right. all they ever ask me is, how's your brother? How's your sister? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. And so, yeah, he got, he, he's incredible. Yeah. Love. We love Levi. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, my, my, my kids know Levi as well. And they say the same thing. So. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But what a, what a powerful uh, belief system for him at w- such a young age going through that, realizing, no, I'm, I'm good. And he gets that award. That's pretty yeah. am- amazing. So, yeah, so getting through through <laughs> that cancer, I thought, okay, I've, yeah. I've climbed the mountain. Yeah, you're there. I'm, I have arrived. I've learned from this. I've embraced, I've embraced adversity. I'm going to write this blog called Embracing <laughs> Adversity. <laughs> going to share my spiritual gifts. I've found God. I know which religion I love. Mm-hmm. I, I think religion um, can either bring you closer to to heavenly father or take you very far away from him i feel like there are Mm -hmm. a lot of people in every religion that check the boxes yes to do what it needs they make it look like it needs to look like but they're not using the structure or the outline or the tools of that religion to actually bring them closer to a personal relationship with god if they do use those tools as stepping stones and tools to Mm -hmm. bring them closer to God and really look inward at themselves and ask themselves what they need to do to be aligned with God and to grow closer to him and to find their best version of themselves, then, then I feel like it brings them closer. And again, I love the insight, Jackie. Thank you so much because this is why you're on here because you are so inspiring because that is so needed in in every religion where it's that personal relationship yeah. you know not about hey look at me everybody and just doing your thing it's really it's a, it's that one-on-one connection yeah i love that i i've finally figured out <laughs> a lot i'm not there i'm never right. going to arrive but um i tried so many times you know, from the time I got married until I was 40 to fit in, in the Mormon culture. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't fit. Right. And so I would try to, I would try to jump in and be what it needed to look like. But I always, I was just not accepted. I didn't feel accepted. I felt judged. And so mm-hmm. I think there's this mentality or I don't know if it's true, but I, I think people see the culture and think, well, I have to make it look a certain way or I'm not going to be accepted. And I, and I really think, you know, it's not, it's not really just that religion. It's any organization you belong to, you kind of conform to what they're doing or you just, right. you don't fit in. But what I love and what I've discovered is that I don't, I don't want to look a certain way and I don't have to look a certain way. And I still love that religion. I, yeah. I love the fact that I have finally figured out who I am and that I get to be me. And, and now (laughs) I teach a Sunday school class to the adults. I teach the gospel principles class. Um, and most of the time you have, you alternate teachers every other week, but this Bishop that I like, I know I shouldn't because he, he's the one who put me in there, but (laughs) 
he yeah. felt inspired that I needed to do it every week to be accountable. And typically the gospel essentials or gospel principles class is very small. It's just for like, right. It's just a few people, people that right. want to find out more about mm -hmm. the, the church. Well, the Release Society room, the, or the room that I teach in, is full. Is full. I probably have 30 <laughs> to 40 people. That's awesome. And they even, you know, assign people to go to some other classes because I think it's just, I think it's a, ref I think it's a fresh approach, and I think they're finding that things don't have to look a certain way. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. And I so want to, I want to jump back with something you just said. Okay. You said I know who I am now. Yeah. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm glad you bring me back because yes. I just do get off. No, you're good. No, no, no. This is beautiful. No. But when you said that, because this is a very important, this is one of the, this is one of the key principles I teach my clients is, yeah. is, is, is who are you? Right. So how would you, who are okay. you, Jackie? How would well, you answer I, that? Don't let me forget that. I have to tell you where I learned this. Okay. okay I have to tell okay. you this. So one <laughs> Riley moved out, Mallory left home. My husband and I started to get, along better than we had um we started to realize that our my husband has struggled with both of us have struggled but my husband particularly has struggled with addiction of different things mm -hmm. i have struggled with wanting to check out or numb out with drinking alcohol and he has had his own struggles in checking right. out mm -hmm. and so when my daughter got married and we saw the marriage that that her and chase had where neither one of them used any substances to check out, but where they where they both focused on God and the Savior and used that as their common interest and grew closer mm -hmm. to the Savior and in, in turn grew closer to each other. My husband and I were like, wow, that works out well. We should try that. <laughs> I know, <laughs> new concept. Word. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> and so we spent a year, you know, telling each other we would get to the point where we could give up any addictions to whatever you know nicotine or alcohol or whatever it was and so we were getting along better than we had well right about that time my husband he had also been reading the book of mormon for about a year mm -hmm. he, he drives a long way to work every day so he was listening to it but he i i guess finally got to the point where he felt like he needed to confess some stuff and so he told me some things about himself that had been going on for a long 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 time since i met him and i never knew and all the time we've been married, we haven't had a great relationship. And I had said, said to him multiple times, I don't feel like I know who you are. And mm -hmm. he, you know, just inability to connect. But he told me some things about himself that he had struggled with for years and years and some betrayal stuff. But mostly the thing that he finally got off his chest that has turned our life around was the fact that he too was sexually abused when he was a child. Oh, okay. And so, as you know, trauma causes huge, huge, huge problems for people. Yeah. And if it's not uh, processed through, acknowledged, and taken care of, yeah, and treated, it ruins lives. And still, I know people close to me who their kids have been sexually abused, or they have, and they just they don't want to look at it, and they just think it's just another Sweep. excuse to be make bad choices and that's not the case at all right and so was that the first time he had said something to anybody to anybody so and you had been in with him for years so and years and years 48 years he'd carried this wow thing, 48 years old and then he f he finally first he time finally, ever tells you yeah and at that point i still didn't know 
what trauma was. Right. I still didn't know. Yeah. And so because of what he told me on top of all the cancer and everything else I had dealt with, yeah. I was kind of starting to fall apart. And I started to seek out this group, a yoga, it was a yoga therapy group. And I uh -huh. started to go to some yoga retreats and stuff. Right. And it was at a yoga retreat where I, <clears throat> um, I was made aware by the therapist there that I was in denial about what trauma had done to me. Mm -hmm. And she saw my humor and my strength because yeah. everyone thinks I'm such a badass. Um, <laughs> sorry, I didn't, I, I'm not, I, I don't like to swear, but that's just, you can't say a bad, but you you can't, you have yeah, to say badass. Make, yeah. So that's not really a swear word to be yeah, honest. That's right. So <laughs> anyway, I realized I was in denial. I started to recognize that mm -hmm. I needed to look at myself. Something wasn't right here. And and in in those classes, in that, as I started to learn mindfulness and self-awareness and being present in my body and not in my head, there was a girl there who told me that we the topic of sexual abuse had come up. And she said, well, I've, I work for the Unique Foundation. Um, have you ever been to this retreat that they offer? And I said, no. And she said, well, they offer a free retreat for women who have been sexually abused. And I, and I just was like, oh my gosh, really? Like, that's a thing? Yeah, and, that's, and then yeah. I kind of felt embarrassed. Like, I don't, I'm not going to do that. Like, yeah. I, don't, I think people are dramatic when they bring up their past and want right. to talk about it. That's just embarrassing. But I, I mentioned it to my bishop because we're, right. we're, we're close friends and he's helped me through this whole process. And he said that he got tearful again. Every time he gets tearful, yeah. I know it's truth. And he <laughs> says, you need to go. You've yeah. got to go to that. So I signed up to go to that and it was going to come up in June. And then my son's cancer came back. Oh, wow. And so this time, you know, we knew if it came back, it wouldn't be good. It came back to his lungs. Exactly. What they uh, said could two years happen when, yeah. it, when they said it would. And on his 21st birthday, we moved him home. I spent the night with him in the hospital on his 21st birthday. Hmm. And I, I mean, I can't even, I can't put all the emotion and hell that we live from just that into words to explain in the amount of time that we have here. So, right. but that combined with everything else I was dealing with, um, really pushed me over the edge. They said there was one chemo left to try. It was the one they knew not to be as successful. Right. The only one they hadn't used previous. And so they tried it. They did it. They started chemo and, and I watched my son be pumped full of poison and be sick and have all kinds of complications this time. Staph infections from mosquito bites, oh, you know, wow. blockages in urethras, all these problems, kidneys trouble with the, the chemo causes. And then I went in, I had been the group fitness director at a club nearby uh -huh. and um, for 10 years. And it was, p again, part of my identity. You know, yeah, people knew Jackie sure. as the, yeah. the group fitness director the contest winner, the whatever. And I got, I had talked to my boss actually a few months prior and told him it, I needed more money. And, you know, I was getting older and my att attention had been taken away because of family issues. And so I had told him I would be okay if he ever needed to make a change, but I'd kind of forgotten about it. But in the mindset that I was in, I had kind of forgotten about it. And when I went in two or three days after finding that my son may die, yeah. um, I got laid off. And at that time it was like, what? 
You're like, here's like, another thing what? I have to go through. <laughs> what? Does everybody hate me? And so that, that's not true. And I love my boss still. We're good friends. But at the time, I was just like devastated. Yeah. And then <laughs> I can imagine. we found out that my daughter had another bony lump on her back, which mm. they weren't supposed to grow anymore after she stopped growing. After a certain, yeah. Yeah, because she had, you know, she's done growing. So if the if the bumps grew, that's a problem. That, in, you know, yeah. they can be cancerous. And so we had to schedule her for a surgery, a back surgery. I found out that my mom was needing a pacemaker. So she was in the hospital. And so I uh, took Riley to a appointment in between chemo sessions with the same urologist in the same office that he where we took him the day he was diagnosed. So the last time I had walked wow. into that office yeah. was the day my life changed. And so it, I didn't know what trauma or, or triggers were at that time. Yeah. But I was sitting in that office just freaking out. And so oh, I, I put a imagine. post on social media hashtag F cancer, but I used all four letters, not just right. <laughs> the first one. Yeah. And I was a, the first counselor in the young women's in my ward, mm -hmm. which I loved. And yeah. because I swore somebody in my ward contacted my bishop oh, was concerned about it, which again, being in the mindset that I was in, not a lot of understanding there. <laughs> and so with the inability to not know who it was and not want to face or wonder who was talking about me or what was being said, I asked to be released. So again, another yeah. identity stripped. Yep. And then a month later, this cute little Audi that I bought used uh -huh. a year before the engine died. <laughs> yeah. And to replace or fix it would have been $10,000, but I only paid 13,000 for the car. So I had to leave the car at the dealer at the mechanic's office and walk away. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm looking at wow. divorce, going to lose my husband. Mm -hmm. Good chance I'm going to lose my son. I just lost my job. I lost my calling, my car, my daughter's having surgery, and my mom might die. So I had to take a look at myself and say, who are you, Jackie? Yeah. Who are you? And when all of this other stuff goes away, yeah. who are you? Who are you really? Yeah. So I, I lost it. I kind of went through a, a severe depression for a good six eight months yeah. and then all of a sudden i had to cancel that retreat that i was going to go to at oh the yeah Unique foundation mm -hmm. but it came back up which is god's hand in my life things like this happen all the time so i i found an old email that i had from the year a year prior and i contacted them and i said hey i was going to come last year i got accepted but life circumstances prevented is there any way i can come to that and they said you know what? we have a cancellation can you be here in two weeks and i said i will be there and amidst all that was going on, I felt like I needed to be there. And that is where my life changed. Hmm. The Unique Foundation has a complete program that is completely funded by their the business end of their their corporation. They have right. a fabulous story. Um, but they they taught me what being sexually abused does to a person, how to acknowledge it, how to be mindful and live in the present. You have to let go of the past and right. stop looking at the future to avoid com complete depression and anxiety. You mm -hmm. have to learn to let it go and surrender. You have to, um, and you have to have faith in something. You have to have a belief system. Yeah. And so over all this time, I have developed some belief systems and I'm gonna, I'm going to sum them up with some quotes, my favorite quotes. Yes, please. Um, 
my first favorite quote is by Gandhi and I, it's be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. And I, that, that one I found at age 40 before all this happened and I was a doer, I was a driver and I just looked at something and I just did it and I went after it. And, and so I still love that cause there's still that part of me that exists. But, um, I, I have softened. I've learned that strength does not come from being a badass. Strength comes from softening. Right. Strength is having the courage to stay present with your emotions and allowing yourself to sit with them and to feel them right. and not check out and then to let them go and to know that they will go. We yeah. panic. We think anytime we feel an emotion, we've identified them as either good or bad and we don't want to feel right. bad emotions. Right. Yeah. And so we run from we them run. or we use whatever technique we've developed to check out and not feel yep. and whether that's watching tv eating exercising drinking smoking taking pills it, none of it's good because the real growth and the real expansion of self comes in those moments where we stay present with ourselves through the difficult emotions right that is where we find the growth and beautiful uh so my second favorite quote is one that I used to read in my yoga classes was when you get to the end of all the light that you know and it's time to step into the darkness of the unknown faith is knowing that one of two things shall happen either you will be given something solid to stand on or you will be taught to fly whoa I love that yeah I love powerful it. and so I just a long time ago realized that I cannot control Right. I cannot control my son's cancer. I cannot control my marriage. I cannot control that Audi. <laughs> <laughs> right. I yeah. can only keep walking forward into that place beyond what I know and can see and trust that I'm either going to be finding something solid to walk on or I'm going to fly. I'm going to fly. And I, I honestly it. have felt, and I even remember I was standing years ago when I didn't even go to church or anything, taking clothes out of my dryer, really random. Yeah. But I thought to myself, you know, I was thinking about who was the current Relief Society president and laughing because, you know, all these people that think they're all that in a bag of chips because they identify themselves as whatever their current calling is. And I thought to myself, <laughs> I don't know why, I, that's, that's a mean thing to say, that's so judgmental, but I thought to myself, Jackie, you're so much more than you allow yourself to be. Yeah. You're so there and it's true for everybody. Yeah. But for some reason in this world we think we have to keep ourselves small. Um <laughs> Yeah. My next favorite quote is that um he takes us as we are and makes us more than we ever imagined. Mm. And I feel like I had a conversation with my daughter Mallory just this last weekend and I said, "Mal, why do you think you know, there can be people who obey every commandment in whatever religion or belief system they mm -hmm. are in. They, they follow every rule and bad things still happen to them. Or you can have somebody who doesn't follow any rules or conform to anything and they can be totally blessed and, you know, nothing bad happens to them. And I said, you know, I feel like, you know, I might have been a jerk in the beginning, but over the course of this stuff, I just feel like, I'm a pretty good person. Why, why do bad things just keep happening? And she said, my daughter's very wise. All my kids are. Yeah. And she said, mom, I think that the reason 
bad things happen to good people is because trials are sanctifying. Yeah. When we go through trials, they sanctify us and they purify us and they cleanse us kind of like a refiner's fire. Yeah. And she said, God knows what you need to learn and he provides a way for you to learn it. And I'm not saying that God gives us cancer or gives us bad circumstances. Agency definitely takes play, but he can take those things away if he wants to. Right. But in allowing agency to take place, um, he allows us. I mean, I believe that's the whole reason we're here on earth yeah. is to learn and to grow and to become more like him and to find out who we are. Yeah. And so. Well, yeah. and, and it, it's a principle that I, I share with my clients as well. What you're just saying is if we can learn, if we learn and grow and it sanctifies us, then there's really no bad things. Yeah. It's bad when we're going through it. And we don't want to see, especially a child going through cancer and this and that. And yeah. yeah, no one would wish that on anybody. But when you learn and grow from it, you can look back on it and go, man, I am who I am today because of those things. Yeah. So ultimately, it was a good thing in that sense. Right. I know. Does that make? It totally does. So yeah. life happens for us, not to us. Right. Right. We can't control what goes on around us, but we can choose how we react exactly. to that yeah. or not even react, but yeah. we choose how to act. Yeah. And we, if we act from a place of being present and mindful, and if we act from a place of being grounded and really present in our bodies, not, not in those hamster wheels that are in our mind right? and believing all the false stories that we tell ourselves, then we can we can be connected to our higher power or to God right? and we can um, listen. We can trust ourselves that yeah. what we feel is correct and we can act. And right. so um, oh, my last beautiful. quote that I love is just, and the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. Ooh. And I think we, we all just, we keep ourselves small. Yeah. We stay stuck because we don't want to yeah. feel or we're scared. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I look, I, I feel like I can empathize with a lot of people because sure. I've been through a lot of things. Yeah. But with my son who has cancer or right now, right now, currently he, he did that uh, chemo and it didn't work. So they did radiation to clear his lungs and they isolated that tumor and it, and it did shrink because the radiation right. is effective on it. But they, they told him last October that his cancer would come back sometime in the next nine months. Mm -hmm. And that when it did come back, there's no more treatment that there were, are some investigational studies, but <clears throat> that he could die within a year of that, that time. Right. And so that's, that's, he's now 22, but to look at that, he was 21 when he was told that, um, it's been nine months. He's got scans on Tuesday and his little brother, Levi is 18, just left the country for two years to go serve the Lord on a mission and to share his light with others and complete his lifelong dream. And that's hard. It's hard to watch yeah. your kids go through yeah. that. And I know it's been hard on both of them. Um, sure. I can't, I can't empathize with Riley because I haven't had cancer. You haven't been through that. Right. Yeah. And that, you know, being a parent of a child with cancer, we, the other thing I learned that was important is let it go boundaries. Sorry. Uh, 
false alarm here with the music, but <laughs> we'll continue. Okay. So <laughs> I didn't know boundaries uh-huh. because when you, a lot of us don't know boundaries. We want to give our kids, we want to protect our kids from feeling. Right. And we want to protect them from hard things. And we don't, we don't recognize that there's a person inside of us that, that has needs and things too. And so in that, in that time of helping Riley feeling like as his mother, I wanted to protect him from his feelings, there were no boundaries. And it's hard to have boundaries when you have a child with cancer. Like it's hard to lay down the law with them like you would typically. Sure. But I'm learning that we still have to have those rules and those boundaries because if we don't, it keeps them stuck. Right. And they don't have to feel. And if you don't feel when you're going through those hard things, you don't get the benefits of learning what that hard thing was going to teach you. Teach you. Yeah. And so. Love it. Um, yeah, Riley's an inspiration to me and he deals with stuff in his own way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Riley and I through this have, have developed, I probably have a better relationship with him than anyone. I, he and I can say very truthful and honest things to each other. Mm-hmm. We've had extremely hard conversations. We've talked about his sadness and if he were to pass away that he wouldn't be there to take care of his little brother and me having to tell him that he would still be with his little brother even if he weren't there in body that Mm -hmm. we both know that he as a spirit will be with us forever right and that we will see him again sure and that families are eternal yeah right now i have hope and faith that his cancer miracles happen every day i've seen him over and over yeah and the last scan he had actually the one in May that he had showed that his tumor had grown a tiny bit. And then his brother was really struggling to go on his yeah, mission. Right. And Can he went imagine. up into the mountains and prayed and he, and he knelt down and he yelled at God and he said, you know what, if you want me to go on this mission and serve you, I need you to bless my brother and I need you to bless my family. And then Riley got his next set of scans and miraculously the tumor had shrunk really a a little bit you know unexpectedly the doctor was very very pleased and not expecting that at all and that was a miracle because that allowed levi to get out on his mission and and so you know i have every hope and every belief that my son is a fighter if anyone in this world could be this cancer despite of the odds it will be it will be be right yeah but um you asked me (laughs) about knowing who i am yeah, here we back to that. <laughs> and actually, no, what what you're sharing is beautiful, and it all leads up to this. Yes, but it's a process. Who are you, right? How did, yeah. you, how would you answer that? I am a daughter of God, and I know that He loves me. And even still, as I make mistakes, where I used to think that He was mad at me and hated me, even when I make mistakes, I can still feel his love for me right and i know that he has a plan for me i know that yeah. i have a mission and yeah. I, as i start to remove distractions from my life and as i slow down mm-hmm. and as i discover truths and what that feels like in my body by the practice of being mindful and present i am able to hear and feel what i've felt for years but what i've thought to myself as being oh you're crazy jackie Right. Oh, you're crazy. Yeah. And so as I feel those truths and hear those things, I finally am to a place where I 
I know that they're truth because I trust myself. Right. And um, I believe that I was given the gift to write and to articulate my feelings because I have stories to share with people that can help others. And I want to share my light with others. And the way that I plan to do that is um, I'm, I'm going to open a yoga studio in my basement and I am getting certified to be a yoga therapist. I'm going to take a teacher training. Very cool. And I want to, I, I mean, I can have, groups of parent for parents struggling with how to cope with a child with cancer. Yeah. I can have groups for people, women who've been sexually abused. I can have groups for people who have suffered betrayal trauma Yeah, and, and how to get in your body because I'm very familiar with that through my years of fitness and yoga right. and all that. Yeah. And I also write a blog and I also am looking into doing more with the unique foundation and very cool helping the women that are suffering from yeah. abuse. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. And, you know, you are a go-getter. I mean, I think when oh. you set your mind to something, you do it. And I so try. I have no doubt that you'll make that a reality. Um, your blog is amazing. I've read several posts in there. Um, and um, I would recommend all our listeners to go to go read what you write there because it truly is inspiring. And you do have a way of describing things in, in words that, uh, it's pretty remarkable. Thank you. Um, so, I mean, our time's probably getting close to being up here, but I, <laughs> this is beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I wish we had four more hours. I would love to maybe even have you on again. Um, but what I'd like to do is maybe, you know, I asked you to maybe give our a listeners challenge. maybe a challenge they could do, yeah. um, that you could share with them and, uh, Definitely. So what would um, that as be? As I pondered on what that might be, mm-hmm. I I feel like the words slow down are important here. Okay. I feel like, you know, we all think that the more we accomplish in a day, the better the better we are, the more important we are, and that's just simply not true. So I would say, please, every day, take schedule, make happen, not wait for it to happen, but make happen a time during your day, every day, where you slow down and remove distractions, remove your phone, remove your whatever it is you're doing and pray, listen and act. Um, I feel like if we will do those things, if we will truly find that quiet place and just our breath is a powerful tool. If we will just sit in a quiet place and even just, notice ourselves inhaling and exhaling and even just simply saying i'm inhaling i'm exhaling it brings us back to ourselves and it sounds so dumb if you've never done meditation or yoga it sounds so hokey (laughs) like people think i'm a hippie but but it works it's powerful sure and and i just that's my advice i guess i mean that's what i do every day i first thing in the morning after i eat my oatmeal (laughs) (laughs) is I read the scriptures. Okay. I read something inspiring. I kneel down and I pray and I listen. And as I move throughout my day, I act. Love that. And so that's, I believe that's how we figure out who we are. Yeah. And allow Heavenly Father to, did I tell my favorite quote? Um, 
You've shared. He takes he takes us as we are and makes yes. us more than we ever imagined. Yeah. Yes. And I feel like that's yeah. where that fits in, and and that's my challenge is to surrender and allow your higher power or your God to make you more than you ever imagined, so that yeah. you don't keep yourself small. <laughs> I love that beautiful challenge, folks. So, listeners, there's your challenge. Um, I think it's great. Um, I'm gonna do my best to incorporate that into my daily okay. routine i'm gonna check back with you check back with me please <laughs> so um let's uh, you know tell people um how they could get a hold of you people who have listened to this who are inspired who want to get to know you better talk about how how do they get to your blog and then if they can reach out to you how would they do that um so my i'll just give my email address it's jackie cully design and it's j-a-c-k-i-e c-u-l-l-e-y design at gmail.com um also if they want to subscribe to the blog they just go www.sheembracedadversity.com and at the very bottom of one of those pages uh, there's a place to just put your email address in and then click the white box below it that says subscribe great and so either one of those there's a place for them to email me there but they're both linked to that same email address. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, And that blog is amazing, especially for those of you out there who are struggling, who have been through some tough times, who like your husband and yourself, who held in something for decades, held on to something that this might give them a platform to maybe even share it with you where, Hey, I've been holding this in. I was abused too when I was younger. And because of what you've shared, Jackie, I really do believe people are going to, come to you and say, Hey, I, I want to share something because I've been holding this in yeah. my whole life and to see how you've handled it. And I know you, you know, you, you look at yourself, well, I haven't handled it very well, yeah. but, but everyone from the outside looking at you uh, are very inspired. And nice. I told you in the beginning, my wife, you're like, my wife's like your biggest fan. Oh, she's uh, sweet. She thinks you're amazing. And, uh, it was her idea to have you on here. And, uh, I'm so grateful to, from my end to have you on here. Um, You've inspired me. Uh, I've been studying you for the last couple of weeks, like <laughs> intently, like you study for a lesson, right? I'm studying Jackie. Oh, wow. And it's been very inspiring. And I've uh, been, it's been very humbling for me as well. well thank so I you. hope you know that. Uh, and I want to just thank you so much for your willingness to come share and be vulnerable on this uh, belief cast today. Well, thank you. I, I yeah. believe that uh, you're a gift to the community as well. And these, thank these you people that do these podcasts provide a place where people can share something that is actually very sacred. I mean, our stories, all of us have a story and in sharing them, we lift others and walk their journey with them and help them back to where they want to be. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we will have you back on if you're, if you're willing and open. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll try not to swear next time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, We're going to have to dub that one out. No, just kidding. No, you're great. Uh, truly inspiring and uh, we will chat with you soon so listeners there you go another uh, amazing inspiring person here on this belief cast Jackie's amazing please share this with anyone and everyone that you know especially those that you know that might be struggling with you know all kinds of things because Jackie's been through just about everything um, so <laughs> thank like you it's for my time to be done yes well thank you for being here and thank you for tuning in listeners you're welcome thank you <laughs> Thank you.